Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite electrician, Doug, here, and welcome back to the Modern Electrician Podcast. I've got a great uh, interview to share with you today. I'm really excited to share this talk. Uh, I had a blast talking to Nick Bazio. Uh, he's known as Beard underscore Picker on Instagram. Uh, he is a tradesperson, a general contractor, a mountain bike enthusiast, and a hell of a guitar picker. And um, he's been playing music for about as long as he's been uh, working in the trades. And he loves them both. And I really enjoyed the conversation. He's just a, a larger-than-life type character. He's full of life. And uh, I really, really had fun, and I can't wait to share it with you. Uh, but before we start that interview, it's time for the Monday morning check-in. But before we go too much further, let me remind you, in order to keep this podcast going, I need your support. We've got a Patreon account. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Go to patreon.com, search Modern Electrician, and become a donor, please. Um, we've got a couple price tiers up there. We're continuing to um, kind of construct and develop that site, but you can go to the bio in the Modern Electrician Instagram page, click, click on that, and it will direct you to our Patreon account. Please become a donor, help us out any way you can, and we can keep this program and going for you. Another thing that I put up on my Instagram page for Modern Electrician is a link to some of my stand-up. Uh, as many of you know, I, I worked as a stand-up for a long time, but not until now have I really uh, made those albums available. I've got a Bandcamp page. Go check out my stand-up and just enjoy it, please. Um, it's up there for you, so just wanted to share those things. Uh, so something that kind of sparked in my mind around my conversation with Nick is this concept of, uh, and you'll hear Nick say this in the podcast, he says that uh, somebody told him, don't die with, with those songs inside you in regards to following your passion, you know, following your dreams or, or expressing yourself in a way that you need to. Don't die with those songs inside you. That's the name of this, this, uh, this episode. And for good reason. You know, we, we all have gifts, you know, special skills and passions that breathe life into us and make us fully who we are. You know, you've, if you're interested in something, that's your, that's your passion. If you have a, if you have a drive for something and you connect with something and you're not really sure why, well, that's because you were kind of designed that way. But in our society, you know, we're sometimes encouraged to choose career paths that are more practical and we're sometimes discouraged from following our passions, you know, um, whether you've wanted to be a musician or an artist or um, you name it, whatever your path or your passion is, a lot of times you get discouraged growing up. You know, people don't see that as realistic. You know, for all of you out there who have a talent or a passion or a dream, I believe that it's your duty in this world to honor that gift. And it won't be easy you're going to have to learn to believe in yourself first and foremost because let me tell you something. If you're waiting for other people to believe in you before you believe in yourself, you're going to be waiting your entire life because that's not how it works. People won't believe in you until you believe in yourself first. And that's a hard thing to learn, but you're going to have to learn that. And it's not that people don't believe in you. It's that they never really truly learned how to believe in themselves. You know, people are going to doubt your decision to follow your passions. They're going to be afraid for you but that can't stop you because, and I, and I you know, believe what I'm about to say here. If, if you do not honor your gift, a part of you, a, a pretty large part of you, dies. You, know, you were chosen to honor this gift, to carry this gift. You know, the universe chose you to carry that passion. It's, it's your path. It's your purpose. I fully believe that. And people will tell you, do the safe thing. 
Don't chase your dreams, you know, get a degree, get a safe career, and then let your passions be a hobby. And look, that's fine. That works for a lot of people. But I argue this. Instead of doing what everybody tells you to do, you know, putting your dreams on a shelf and following the safe path because, you know, you're worried, they're worried, whatever the case may be, here's what I argue. Find your passion. Whatever it is that you are really, really passionate about, find that. Honor it. Follow it. Master it. Hone your skills and then sell what you know. That's how I try to make a living for myself. You know, I, I just try to develop the skills that people need. You know, because that place where your passion intersects with people's needs, well, that's your purpose. That's your purpose in life. Honor it. And that's what I really wanted to say. Nick got me on this kick of like really, you know, remembering that there's more to life than just, you know, waking up and, and going through the motions. It's, it's about what else would be the purpose of life other than waking up and being one with that gift, with that passion and following it, whatever that means. So I just wanted to put that out there today, a little bit of motivation for you Monday. Um, you know, for me, a lot of people would think that your passions or your, your gift or whatever may be some bigger than life type concept. But for me, being an electrician is my passion. You know, being working with my hands, getting better at this trade. I, I honor it. I, I feel it. I feel that pull to learn more, to grow more. Um, this, this podcast, you know, speaking to people, sharing my uh, inspiration or my, you know, my energy, that's, that's another one of my passions. And uh, I'm trying to marry those things together in this podcast. And I hope it's coming across that way to you guys. Um, so lessons from last week in our Monday morning check-in. I'm actually going to save the lessons from last week to a new segment that's coming up that I'm going to post following this interview with Nick uh, that my, my business partner, Josh Wright, and I are putting together this new segment called Coffee and Code. Uh, and we'll explain that concept in the next episode, but we'll talk about the lessons we learned from last week in our Coffee and Code segment. And uh, I saw something last week in an old house that I'd never seen before, and it was a, uh, it's a cool topic of conversation. Um, coming up this week, got a heavy up. Um, going to be replacing an old Pushmatic Bulldog in an old house uh, in my neighborhood here. Um, and that's going to be fun. Last week, we replaced an old Fed Pacific. And uh, it's always good to get those old gnarly panels out of houses and get some new, uh, safer panels in there. And I also love hanging on to those old panels. Um, once, once we get a shop for Lumen Brothers Electric, uh, hopefully we're going to have a big old uh, historic, you know, in industry history wall of uh, all the old panels and things we've taken out of people's homes. Super cool stuff. Uh, but this week, got a heavy up. Uh, coming up, and then uh, just a couple other uh, projects this week. Um, but that heavy up is going to be the the heaviest hitter of the week, I think. Um, that's about it. I'm really excited to share this uh, this episode with you here. Um, oh, before I do that, I wanted to talk real quick. We've been installing these Leviton um, Leviton load centers, and I really like them. I've talked about them before on here, um, but I found a couple things I that I want to critique this uh, this last time uh, this week when we were. This last week when we replaced that Federal Pacific panel, we put in a new Leviton load center. And the thing that really got me about it is 
I think you spend a lot of time learning how to tie in standard panels and how to make them look clean. You know, clean is safe in electrical. If something is clean and, and put together well, it's safe for you to get in there. You can see where everything's at. It's not a jumbled mess that's dangerous. And the thing I really like about these new Leviton load centers is that they have this vertical bus that runs on either side of the main bus where you terminate both your, your, uh, your hots and your neutrals. Um, and I really like that concept, but where it fails is, or where I've failed with it, is in the actual installation. Because um, typically when I'm tying in a your traditional panel, a QO, a home line, whatever the case may be, um, we'll bring the ground, you know, bring all the conductors in, grounds go first, neutrals go next, hots go last, and that way everything's kind of isolated. But with this, you know, tie everything to the bus bar, it would be similar to having a panel that's completely full of arc fault or ground fault breakers where you've got to tie both the neutral and the hot to that breaker. And it just kind of makes it a little bit more jumbled along the uh, extremities of the panel. It's not the end of the world, but it's not as clean as I'd like it to be. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily a fault on Leviton as, it, as much as it is a fault on me having not learned how to tie that in as, as cleanly as I'd like to. Uh, but I wanted to put that critique out there because I've been saying a lot of good things about the Leviton Load Center and I still stand by them. It's a cool panel. But that was the thing that stuck out to me this week. It's like, I don't know that I really like that, but they do have a um, a neutral bus that I could I could isolate the neutrals to in time to. But the thing about that is it's up at the top, like the old QO panels. And I just don't like that as much as I like the, the plug-on neutral that kind of runs the length of the panel. So anyway, that's just a little uh, nerd talk for those of you out there that replace electrical panels and can kind of feel what I'm saying there, or anybody who's uh, installed the new Leviton load centers. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, what you guys think, um, but that's it from there. So anyway, to this interview, uh, Nick Basio. Let me introduce this guy. Uh, Sacramento, California. He's been out there uh, doing trade work for a really long time. Um, he, we get into him talking about kind of how he uh, found his way into the trades, how he started there. Um, he's just a really cool guy. I really like talking to him. Um, loves to play music. He's full of life. Uh, he's got this great energy about him. Easy to talk to. And uh, he's just another example of why I like tradespeople. Um, you know, it's just this fun... Um, somewhat rough around the edges, full of life, uh, creative person. And I happen to feel that a lot of tradespeople are like that and we just don't get the credit for it because tradespeople are, you know, we tend to be seen as just kind of uh, in the background. A lot, of, a lot of trade guys don't walk around, um, you know, talking about their achievements or whatever, but uh, I guess that's what this podcast is for, to, to share uh, your achievements with everybody else. So uh, without further ado, let me introduce Nick Bazio and uh, this interview. I hope you guys enjoy I want to. I want to just say thanks for taking the time to Sit down and chat with me this morning, man. I know you're a busy guy. Oh, I'm thrilled to do it. Cool. Sounds like fun. I set up my office. I put I put some of my stuff in the back so you can kind of see. Hell like, yeah. I got my guitars and my uh, electric mountain bike right here. All right. You got an electric mountain bike? Yeah. yeah that's pretty rad. I like that a lot. Huh. Um, have you ever e-biked before? Yeah. So I bike the same way that I biked when I was a kid where I uh, just ride my bike to get from point A to point B and then I like toss it on the ground. Um, <laughs> but I'm not like a, I don't like mountain bike or off road or road bike or anything like that. Oh yeah. Well, at least you ride, you know, and the thing is it just gets, the more you do, the more fun it becomes. I got into mountain biking like 15 years ago All right. and like never stopped. And I used to like creep down the mountain, but now I'm like, find me the biggest, gnarliest hill you can 
give me, you know? Really? You're like, uh, did you know Mike Holt is doing that at like 70 years old? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they make the bike so good. They can handle anything. It's, it's crazy, man. Did you know that about him? He was doing like, he was doing barefoot water skiing into his sixties. And then he said he got too old for that and started. So he started doing downhill mountain biking. <laughs> don't fall off the bike. You should be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. Words to live by. I think just about every sport should have that uh, disclaimer. Like, yeah, oh, dude, you don't get crushed by a defensive end. You should be all right. So like, these forks right here, mm-hmm. it's like a $2,000 fork. You know, like, they really? can anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. And it's electric, <laughs> meaning it's fully electric, or it has, like, the element that kind of aids your your speed? Yeah, pedal assist. Pedal assist. That's rad. Yeah. That thing, is, um, that thing is super cool, man. Hell yeah. Well, and trust me, I worked my way up to that. And I, I, I saved. I saved for a couple of years to buy that because I just wanted to buy it, not finance it. Yeah. And it was like, tomorrow, I'm not going to have five grand anymore. <laughs> I was like, I bought it, babe. <laughs> it's good economics, though, I think, man. I've always, like, when I was a younger man, I always, like, you know, you, you <laughs> that cup is incredible. <laughs> do, you, do you sell those? No, my wife no. bought me that. It's from, that like, a, right. what is it? Lumberjack Trading Company. All right. Pretty cool little company. That sounds like a cool company. I was like, you know me, babe. You know me. <laughs> it almost looks exactly like your beard. <laughs> Dude, my wife likes to, like, if, you know how we all get sold on certain things on the internet? The, sure. coffee cups, the customized coffee cups, she loves. There's a few yeah. of these things rolling around my house. All right, that's cool. <laughs> so so as far as uh, mountain biking, mm-hmm. then you all, you're also a musician. Yeah. Are there, are there things, we'll, and we'll really get into that. Are there things outside of mountain biking, being a musician and, and family and work that spark your interest? Are those your main avenues of like creative outlet? Yeah, no. <laughs> those four <are> <laughs> things. I'm one of those people that's just like, man, focus on what you're good at and the hell with yeah. the rest. That's good. There's um my, my business partner, Josh, and I talk a lot about, um I'm going to mess up who, who came up with this. It's a, um, some some famous rich person uh has has this 525 plan where it's like you write down your top list of 25 interests in your life and okay. then and then you organize them in the order of most important to you in your life and then you take the top 5 and put them in one category and then you take the other 20 and you throw them away and those five things are all that you should be focusing on because if you let those other things leak in you're not going to be, you're not going to have a, yeah, you're going to be mediocre at 25 things as opposed to being pretty good at five. And, you know, and that could be great for somebody, but yeah. if you're somebody like maybe you or me, like, no, I want to be badass at guitar. I don't want right. to be, good. I want to be badass. So I need to play for like two or three hours every day. You know? Right. Right. It was Warren Buffett. I think it was Warren Buffett. I think I might be wrong, but I think it was him. Anyway, I believe in that. I think that's true. It's like I get really enamored by things too. And I'm like, man, I would love because just like with the trades, I love just anything that I can sink my teeth into that you you can you can see that there's passion in it. And then you can work toward getting you can see progress. I love 
There's something that just really tickles me about that. And there's so many things in the world that it's so easy to get super fascinated with everything. It's like, there's so much cool stuff out there. Like, you know, you see it, you see a cool bike like that. I want to do that. I want to get on a mountain bike, <laughs> but it doesn't fit in my top five. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm with that too. And, and, and the thing like, like, like mountain biking or playing guitar or being a trade dude, yeah, like you're, you're never going to top out on how good you can get. Like in That's my, right. you're That's just right. if you keep practicing, you're going to get better. Right. You're going to get better. Like, yep. well, you think, Oh, you're getting old. I'm, you're getting old. These guys are going to run circles around you. Like, nah, I don't think that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, I run circles around young guys for sure. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I remember just like a year or two ago, we had a helper and I was, I wanted to pickaxe a trench out for like an electrical line. And yeah. And I'm seeing how he's doing it. And I'm like, no, let me show you. Let me show you. And I did like, I'll do like six feet in front of him. I'll make him watch me do like six feet of this trench, which yeah. is not going to take me long. Like yeah. I'm going to be like, <gasps> that's right. That's right. Like, this is how you do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Get in there. Sometimes, and, and sometimes you got to show them for sure. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta show them. Like yeah. you pretty much, if you want them to do it, how you do it, yeah, you, got you gotta it. show them. Yeah. Like, and then, and then you can critique them because if you don't show them first, then critiquing them is out of left field because they're like, well, I didn't know that you wanted me to do it that way. You know? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, like for me, cause I've trained so many guys, I always just make it a game. Like okay. a lot of times I'll, I'll see if there's a moment, like maybe we kicked ass today and we're standing by the sawhorses. Uh, I told like another helper, I was like, all right, let me see everyone. We're going to have a little competition. Let me see who can rip down an inch and a half strip the fastest off this right. piece of plywood right here. Right. All right. I'm, I tell my helper, obviously the least knowledgeable one, you go first. Right. Right. <laughs> and so he gets his chalk box and he snaps the line and he cuts a perfect fucking inch and a half strip. Which mm -hmm. I didn't say that, for example, I just said an inch and a half strip. Yeah. And then Zach Zach comes up, who's already trained. He knows that the skill saw has a little mark on it. That's and he right. knows that we use strips for bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it took like three seconds. And Jesse's that's like, right. oh, so that's just kind of a fun <laughs> moment. And now I'm like, try it again, Jesse. And he's, yeah. 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 It's the way to do it. That's right. It's that experience that you take with you that like makes you faster. That's why you can run circles around the younger guys because it's not, you know, I, when I was uh, a few years ago, I met this at this party uh kind of a friend's party on this lake and uh, everybody's kind of hanging out there's a bunch of kids there and i watched this one kid get up on the dock run as fast as he can and do front flips over and over and over and i'm just sitting there drinking beer enjoying the sun and uh and it dawned on me it's like man there's this like balance where when you're young you got all this energy your energy's up here yeah, but, but your knowledge and experience is way down here. And, and it's important because, because your knowledge and experience is down here, you're going to fuck up a lot. And so you've got all this energy to make up for those mistakes. But sure. as you get older, that energy drops. <laughs> so that, that wisdom has to increase because you can't make up for your screw ups like you used to. You know, yeah. you don't have the energy. very little energy for mistakes. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. When you make a mistake and you're older, it's, it really is a bummer. Cause <laughs> you're like, I knew better. And I guess the trick is just like, you know, laughing it off and just hurrying up and fixing it. Let's not talk about this too long. Let's get in here. And that, so I, uh, we're doing this bathroom. You might've seen what's going on this week on my page, but yep. 
and I, I had no idea what vanity she was getting or whatever. And I misplaced where the outlet should be in the backsplash. After we got all set up, it's like literally right behind the faucet. And so of course she comes in, she's like, dude. And I was like, "Ah, okay. It's okay. Give me, I see, please uh, let me work now. And, but it only took me like half hour to fix it, literally to cut out the tile, move the outlet, patch it up and retile. It didn't take that long. Yeah. I've dwelled on things for days before fixing them in the back, you know? Well, the yeah. worst, I think it's better when you make a mistake and you're, you're at the site and you recognize the mistake while you're there. I think that's much better than finishing a job and then getting a call, <laughs> you know? Cause then you're like, especially if it's on a Friday or something and you're like, I got to think about this yeah. mistake all weekend long. I got to, I got to sit and dwell in how terrible I was at that all weekend long. And more importantly, whoever hired you is going to be thinking about it. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> all weekend, all weekend. They're going to be like, see, look at that right there. I was like, I was like, I told Zach, I was like, dude, we're all set up. Let's just do it right now. Yeah. Let's just bring get it done. And then like, yeah, 45 minutes later, we're done. And I'm like, eh, that wasn't that bad. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I got a call. I got a call a few weeks back. We did a, uh, a client just moved into a house, 1950s era house. And they wanted to, there, there was a room upstairs that had no outlets in it. None. Um, and you could tell it was a drywall, not plaster. So somebody had come back through mm-hmm. and done some stuff. And uh, there was one light fixture in the middle of the room and a light switch to it. And they wanted to put outlets in the room. So I get in there, uh, open up the switch box, you know, recognize power coming in. Yeah. Check out the switch leg. They didn't they didn't put a box in the ceiling, so I had to put a box in the ceiling for the light. Drop all my outlets in, got attic access. So it's a pretty pretty easy job. Takes about five hours or so. And uh finish up, looks great, everything's working great. Get home and I get an email. Um it's like a Friday. And he's like, hey, hey, these outlets only work when the switch is on. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm reading it like, no, they don't. <laughs> that's, that's not accurate that's not, i tested everything it's not true and I, so I'm, but i think to myself i'm like okay i go okay well let me let me swing by there tomorrow i'll get up early i'll come over and check it out so i get there and i go first thing i do is i go up in the room that i just worked in i put my plug tester in right away right because i want to be like light switches off let's put that plug tester in and yeah. sure as shit no power on the outlets damn it and i'm like well what the hell so i go over to the switch and i turn it on Still no power on the outlets. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And the guy peeks his head around the corner that and he goes, actually been better for you. It was. He peeks yeah. his head around the corner and he goes, No, not that switch. This switch. He uh, somebody before me yeah. powered the switch to that room off of the light in the the three-way light for the stairs. They tapped in the attic. They're like they, they tapped switch? into the switch leg. So that room was only hot. <laughs> that switch was only hot when that three-way was on and that three-way was on the whole time I was there because I was upstairs and the lights, I needed the lights on. So it was a great lesson for me. And like, even if it looks like it's all perfect. Yeah. Still check more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So for sure. I mean, you just, there's always, no matter how good you get, no matter how long you do, then you have to decide for yourself if you're going to, talk to him about charging him to run that new hot leg or just swallow it, which is probably what you did. That's what it I did. Yeah. yeah. No biggie. Uh, I'm like, All yeah. right. We're going to pull a hot leg from over here now. That's right. It was a, it was a piece of cake fix. There was actually a, there happened to be a junction box in the attic 
right, right where you kind of came up. Um, I had to upsize it to an 11B because they had it in like a 1900 and they had a lot of wires in it. So for box fill, I had to kind of upsize it, but it was a piece of cake. Anyway, it was just a good lesson in like, just be more thorough. Mm, well, and you can always give them the option for the better job. Like, had we maybe talked a little more about this job, we'd have tried to sell them on a dedicated circuit for this room. Right. And let him know that if we don't do the dedicated circuit and we tap off this box and then you're running you whatever. Know. About, you know. That's right. That's right, man. So it's, a, it's always a learning process. And that's, I, I love that. Yeah. Oh, man. But, but think of you can think of on the job uh, for sure, and think of how it would be if you didn't. I mean, think of our egos and how insane <laughs> they would be if we never made those mistakes. Because it's there's nothing more humbling than the trades. It's a it's an incredibly humbling uh, career, you know. Oh, You're, that's why the OGs they you never hear them talking. Yeah, they're always just like you'll ask them. You'll never be like, yeah, I'm gonna bang that out. They'll be like, all right, let's. Let's go give it a shot. You know, let's that's, go give that's it a right. shot. Let's see how it goes. As soon as you start talking, it's just like on the ball field. Yeah, get cocky. See what happens. That's right, man. Yeah, uh -huh. it's true. So how long have you been in the trades? What, what, how long has your process been? It's kind of weird to think about. Like, I would take it all the way back to being five years old, probably. Like, I was always the kid. Like, there's a picture of me at five years old. I literally found wood and bricks and built a skateboard ramp. And there's a picture of me in midair with a karate belt tied. Yes, yes. Like, you know, crappy skateboard, you know, yes. that my mom took. And so, like, it started there. And then I, I always built clubhouses when I was a kid. Same, dude. 100%. Have, um, you know, I have my dad and I have my stepdad. And my dad loved working with wood. My stepdad was a mechanic. All right. So I want to have both these guys always saying, like, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. And back in my day, they still had a lot of shop classes. So I took shop every year, like every year. I was one of the most gangster kids in shop class. I even made like, I casted skateboard trucks. Whoa. You know, all that shit. I, I completed everything you could complete in junior high shop. That's awesome. And, you know, um, but you never wanted to be a tradesman. Okay. Like, you know how the generation was. Everyone told me I had to go to college and all this kind of stuff. And, and I honestly, as bad as it sounds, I kind of thought like trade dudes were losers. Yeah. Like, I probably honestly thought that. I remember my dad, my stepdad, when I was like 18, I hadn't got into construction yet, but he was like, hey, I can get you in this, this summer class. They're going to teach you how to drive tractors and shit. And you're going to be making 50 bucks an hour. And I was like, he's like, you just got to stay there for the summer. I was like, I'm not fucking going there for the summer. You're crazy. <laughs> you know? and, and, but that was like, now I'm like, damn, that was a good opportunity. Not everyone can get in that class. I can only get in it because he's connected to the huge company in this town. And I would have been, you know, operating engineers, union, badass job. And he's like, he's like, we'll go skiing every winter. You'll be on unemployment. You know, he's like, oh, this shit, it's going to be awesome. I'm like, fuck you, dad. Hell no. I'll never do that. But then, um, I don't know, then I worked like a year or two, just like Joe Jobs. Yeah. And buddy of mine I was living with was like, you want to help me tear down this house for this guy? He'll pay us 80 bucks cash every day. And I was like, yes. Yeah. And I went out there and after day one, I was like, that's our boss. I was like, he owns this company or yeah. whatever. I was like, I want to do this. Like, yeah. If he can do it, I can do it is what I totally. thought. Because he was yeah. just a... Not even a regular guy. He was kind of like a crusty guy. Like, you know, he kind of, <laughs> he was guys like us for cash. And like afterwards, everyone got a shot of crown, you know, like that's brilliant. So that I didn't honestly, I didn't even know what a contractor was before that. Yeah. 
even though I worked with stuff, I had no idea that like a contractor was a job right. and that you didn't have to go to college to do it. Yeah. So I guess, you know, as soon as I heard of it, I got yeah, it. Yeah, right. It's funny. I had, I had like that same scenario where I was raised by tradespeople too. Like my, everybody in my family, um, we've got, we've got a Mason, we've got a mechanic, uh, we got a painter. My dad's an auto body guy. Everybody's in the trades. And, um, growing up, I think that there, there have been all these, no, just what's that? Bunch of know-it-alls. Bunch of know-it-alls. That's right, man. Um, it, it was funny. There was, there's a big full circle, I think in life when you're, when you're young, you ha- you just think that adults are dumb <laughs> and I don't know why, but we do. Right. Like I can remember, I can remember being like, man, you're an adult. Why don't you know how to do this yet? Like, I remember being so hard on my dad. And it, it wasn't until I had kids that it really, really hit me. Like this, he's just a guy. Just, yeah. Just doing his best. And, and he, he doesn't, he didn't go to school to be a dad. He didn't know what he's doing. He's doing his best. And, uh, he did it on purpose. <laughs> that's right. That's he accidentally made a human. And not only that, but I was a really pain. I was a pain in the ass kid, you know, <laughs> you know? And so, <laughs> all, all of those things. So even growing up, looking at him and my uncles and, and my cousins and people in the trades, I felt the same way that you did, where I was just like, I don't think so, man. I don't think that's for me. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then, you know, long story short, all through life, doing all the trying all these other things, going to college and being a comedian and try, trying my hand in all these things. And then it's like, at the end of the day, who do I think are the coolest people in the world? Trades people. You know, it, it's all this full circle thing. When I, I look at my dad and uh, I'm like, okay, I was, I was the dumb one. This, <laughs> this guy knew what he was talking about. Like he, he's well, a, like he's a school guy. You thought your dad was dumb. Yeah. And he was, cause we're all dumb. <laughs> yeah, like right, right. all just trying to figure this crap out. That's a fact. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. you guys are both, and he thought you were a dumb teenager, and he was also right. He was correct. Like that's right, yes, we're dumb. Embrace it. That that's way, we right. will learn from this experience. That's a fact, and that's a big lesson, man. That's like a big one, especially um, with trade work. Like we said earlier, man, it's just like embracing the mistakes and turning them into lessons. Like, okay, I screwed that up. Um, when you bring on, we're we just brought on our first apprentice, and it's like you know, I've got, like I said, I've got a daughter who's 21 and I went through that whole process when she was a teenager and, mm. uh, of her, yeah. once they hit a certain age, the eyes start rolling real hard and they're just like, this guy's just so dumb. And she's like, you said, she's right. So when I brought, when I brought this, when we bring this apprentice on, there's a part of me that's like, man, you know, he's going to see us make mistakes and it's good for him because it'll help him feel normal because he's making mistakes. And to see the guy who's been doing it for a while also make mistakes. It's like, it's just part of it, you know? It's all how you come off them. It's right. It's not about what happens. It's about how you respond to what happens, right? There you go. I remember I, I, I didn't even really make that big of a mistake, but a customer wasn't happy with something I did. And he was grilling me, okay. grilling me hard. Like, I'm an engineer. I have books. Love you know? And I'm uh-huh. like, they and love I'm engineers love that. Shit eating grin, but I'm smiling. Why are you smiling? And I wanted to say, if I stop smiling, I'm gonna sock you in the face, bro. Yeah, right. yeah, right. You know, I'm just trying to get through this this moment we're having right now, so I can go fix this thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> you know? sir. I'm like, I got you. No, okay. You know, let yeah. me go 
<laughs> yeah, mistakes happen. I feel like what I've experienced, and I don't mean to call engineers out necessarily, um, but we work for quite a few, and they're real. They're real smart people, but they have this. And I'm generalizing; they're not all like it. But it, in, my, in my experience, with a few engineers, couple uh, dudes, yeah. couple dudes, they <laughs> tend to have the highest expectations as far as like perfection's concerned. Yeah. Um, where it's like uh, we worked for one guy, and he would co- he would continuously come into the scenario midstream, and he would critique and be like well you guys realize that's this and you guys realize that's that's like well hold on (laughs) we're not done sir like we're it's a messy process number one and uh you don't you don't walk up yeah you don't walk up to a painter when they're in the middle of a painting and go that doesn't look like me it's like well it's not done when it you know so um that's it's a process for sure yeah (laughs) yeah some some clients can be tricky just because they're human beings and we all it's, it's a hard process for clients too, because you're in their home and that's uncomfortable, you know, some crusty dude with a beard and tattoos rolling through here, telling you how he's going to fix everything. That's right. Taking a dump (laughs) in your toilet, you know, (laughs) what are you going to do? It's part, you know, so it's that part for us is like part of that part of navigating that, is 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 like one of the biggest parts of the work that we do is like managing expectations of the client like you know well you know a contractor and like and more so a contractor than a tradesperson a contractor is you have to be like a sociological expert you like do. you have to like know about personality types and try to cater to that while you're That's like right. Kicking butt on a job all at the same time. That's right. And no yeah. helper wants to do that. Right? No. Either. And they should. And you shouldn't let them. You shouldn't no, let the helper. Don't talk to them. Go to work. That's right. When you see when you see the friendly helper start to pipe up and talk, you're like, oh, 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 <laughs> go on. I got it. Get I know. That's what I do too. I'm like, no, dude. Let me do all the time. Yeah. So what? So you got into you opened a business. You started a company, but you're not specializing in any specific trade. You're doing general contracting. Yeah, basically home remodeling. Okay. And I do some new builds too, but not big stuff. Okay. Like, um, you know, I'll I'll build a garage. I'll definitely do additions. That's like one of my favorite things to do. Okay. Maybe a little guest house. I've done a couple of those. Okay. Um, but also like bathroom remodel, you know, all the siding on this wall or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I get bored doing one thing. I got it. I get That's it. How- I can, yeah. I can understand that. I, w- I would feel, I feel the same way about like as an electrician working for like a big company where you're doing s- repetitive, super repetitive things. I, I think I would get, feel the same way. I like what, well, with what we do at Lumen Brothers is like something different every day. I like that. I love electrical. Like I love electrical because at first it was really hard for me to wrap my head around everything. Yeah. But then I guess after years of troubleshooting everything, I'm like, wait, I know the answer to this. That's right. Now, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. fix this. No, we can That's do right. that. And my brother, and I can actually still impress my brother at okay. that. Is he an electrician? He's not carpentry anymore. He's like, yeah. nothing will impress him. But if he's trying to troubleshoot something on electrical, and I'm like, oh no, you just got to pull the neutral. They're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> my little brother, like I'm still kicking ass in life. That's great, man. That's cool. How is he? Is your older brother? Younger brother. Younger brother, and he's a carpenter. He's the same as me. I trained him up. I trained him from, so he's been with me like nine years now. All right. 
And I trained him from day one on his construction experience. We've never split up since. Uh, wow. And a couple of years ago, you know, he'd worked for me all above board, all this paychecks, insurance, all the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we got him a contractor license too. Sweet. We fired all the helpers and we're like, all right. us now. All right. Just, and that's how we do it now. Two pros and we basically split it, you know? That's awesome, man. That's how our company is. It's myself and and my friend Josh, who's a master electrician, and we, yeah, split up when we need to, work together when we need to. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we're, I try to kind of advertise my business as a family business, okay. uh, small-time crew, yeah. but very capable. And, um, like, you know, I advertised for years on Angie's List. Yeah. Try to find a two-man company that has 150 reviews on there. Yeah, I doubt it, right? You won't. So yeah, that's yeah. why I got a lot of work off that. Because every job, I'm like, can I get a review? Can I get a review? Yeah, yeah. We do the same. I can log you in. <laughs> Let's take yep. it on there. I took it so seriously at first. Because when I first got into doing ads, I wasn't getting anything. Like, yeah. what am I paying money for? And my rep's like, you need to get your reviews up. Yeah. I'm like, I'll get you reviews. I'll <laughs> <laughs> start going through my phone, you know? Do you, do you find it challenging to keep up with the workload, being a small company? Uh, to keep up with the workload, like, like a lot of calls are coming in. I can't take them all. Right. Well, I make it because I do have a reputation and I've been at it a long time. I kind of make it a little hard to get a hold of me. So I figure if somebody finally gets a hold of me, they really want to work with me. And I will do everything <laughs> I can do. I love that process. That's wonderful. It's like, you're going to go through a couple filters to get to yeah. really get me to call you back. Like on my voicemail, if you call my phone right now, it's going to be like, what's up? It's Nick. You know, I got a saw in my hand. And if you want to hear from me, it's going to be Friday. So leave a message. And yeah. that's what I'm telling. Okay. And they'll be like, I'll be waiting to hear from you on Friday. And I'm like, all right. All right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> we do something similar where, because it was the same thing, like real quick after starting the company, it was like, like, okay, we got to figure something out here. Cause we can't just keep booking for months and months and months out, we got to have some flexibility in the schedule. So one thing that we, we do is I find it easier to communicate via email than mm-hmm. I do with my phone because at, man, the phone just rings all day. It just, I'm on a ladder phones ringing. I'm in a crawl space phones ringing. It's like, I just can't answer the phone. And so my voicemail says, Hey, same thing. Yeah. Probably working on a project right now. Shoot me an email. And the people who take the time to shoot me an email are the people that I want to work with. The yeah. people, the people who listen to that voice message and then still leave a, or still leave a voice message after me saying, shoot me an email. Uh, that's sorry. <laughs> you know, you failed the first test. It's like, please, if you want to work with us, the best way for me to get in touch with is email. And, uh, the, the well, small say, say we get 10 calls. If one or two people shoot the email, that's enough business for us. Well, and here's the thing, uh, like a client, a customer, whatever you want to call them. Um, it's in their best interest to follow the contractor's process yeah. because the contractor has developed this process over years. And if you make him accommodate to everything you need, he's yeah. just not going to give you his best work. That's right. So, so like the dude at our job, me and my brother, we split at two 30 every day, unless there's a reason to stay. Okay. Right. We set a goal in the morning. Let's get all this done after this. We're out. Right. Got we both got families and he's right. got a little one, okay. you know, and so the dude was giving a shit a little bit. He's like, so you guys taking off early again, huh? And I just told him, I was like, oh, you don't want our four o'clock work. We make bad decisions. <laughs> we make bad decisions at that hour. You want our prime work. It's the first six hours and then we'll clean up and get out of your hair. 
I agree with that. And also it's, you know, like we said, it's a person's house. And so I, I don't ever like to be there, Josh. And I don't ever really like to be there after three o'clock. Cause it's like, yeah. you know, you're getting home, your family's getting home. You don't want your kids coming home and we're still like farting around in your house. Oh, and here's another thing. How many four o'clock smash thumbs have you seen in your life? Yeah. You quite that's, that's when you smash a thumb. You smash a thumb because you're tired. Yeah, you can't right. see the nail right because you've been doing it all day. Or you like we used to have a thing before we came up with that last thing. We used to have a thing. Once somebody drops the tool, we're calling quit. Yeah, you're on the thing. It's three thirty, and the dude drops the ladder from a uh, hammer off his bags from the second story. That could have been your noggin. Yep, like that's right. Call it quit. Call there it are quit. there are some situations in the electrical trade where we have to, you know, like if we're doing a service upgrade and their power's out. You know, we gotta we gotta finish that job, and that's yeah. always stressful. That's always stressful because it's like power's out till we get this done. You know. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Especially in plumbing as well for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Drains down. <laughs> yeah. Drain is not open for business. That's right. right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nah, dude. You know, sometimes you gotta you gotta tough it out. I tough it out a lot. Too. Yes, sir. I talk a lot of shit, but I, there are many days where I'm like, no, we're staying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's something too, like, I, you know, I'm coming back to the podcast here. What I, what I'm like, I took some time off to really think about like what I, what it is that this podcast offers. And I think that coming back to it, what I really came to understand is that like, I want to celebrate the trades. Like I really am enamored by tradespeople because not only are we smarter than people give us credit for, um, you know, because because we're grislier and, and a little rougher around the edges, people mm -hmm. don't always attribute that to smart people. But I'll tell you what, I've had some of the best conversations in my life with tradespeople, you know. Um, but also tradespeople are really interesting because we're rough around the edges, because we're grizzly, because we're not necessarily uh, soft. We we make crazy decisions and we we ride mountain bikes down hills and we get up in front of people and play music and whatever the case may be. I love those kinds of people, you know gotta be a little kooky to get into the trades man i think so i think you do and, I, and in fact it's it is it is humorous but it's also very true like when <laughs> when you see i worked i worked for a company before we started lumen brothers and they had such a high turnover rate and you would see these young guys come through and you could uh, you you know you can tell right away you can tell right away you know you, the, I remember one day I'm walking through. He's gonna wash out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm I'm walking through the uh, warehouse one day of this company, and there's this young, fresh-faced, 18-year-old kid. And uh, as I walk past him, he turns around, he puts his little hand down, and he's like, "Good morning, sir." And I shook his hand. I'm like, "Hey, man, welcome to the team." And as I'm walking out, I'm like, "He's fucking gone. That's not gonna last." <laughs> and he didn't. <clears throat> Soft hands, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And there's just something I like about, you know, the, the, the mental toughness that's required to be, to get the job done as a tradesperson. You just got to have a lot of mental toughness. You can't like, you can't be, I don't know. There's something about tradespeople that I really, that I really admire. Well, I, I kind of like, well, it's like one time somebody I did many years ago to like an open mic on guitar and I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh man, they dug it to my friend. He's like, you don't understand. They think it's magic. <laughs> yeah. Right. You can play guitar. And yeah. that's kind of how I feel like when I'm stumped on a plumbing job and the plumber comes and bails me out. I'm like, how'd you do you that? That was so easy. That was magic, bro. That's right. yeah. And I'm like, I just learned your magic. That's right. Because I watch closely. I'm like, how'd you do that? 
and you let me, can I help? I always help when people come to, like, sure. I know you want the customer to help, but since I'm also kind of the boss, I'm like, nah, bro, I want to do it. Let me do sure. it with you. Like I had the plumber come out. Um, I was all, look, bro, I don't want you to install this tankless water heater. I was like, I want you to hang out with me for the day while I put this water heater to make sure I do it perfectly. I said, I'll give you a thousand bucks, right? Just, just kick it with me for the whole yeah. day. What a and great he's all, he's all, you give me a thousand bucks for that? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm charging a lot for this thing. And he's yeah. like, he's all cool. I'll bring my helper and I'll have him run the vent for you. And I was like, even better, right? Even better, yeah. You out of here, Bradley? Yeah. Uh, my son's peeking at me through the window there. there. All right. And, uh, and uh, you know, so he hung with me and, and he showed me everything because, like, I want to do it. I, yeah. I, it's like we, he calls it, the plumber calls it that. Oh, you want me to help you build your spaceship? We were doing like a house. He calls it building a spaceship. All right. Running all the pipes and the wires. And sure. Dude, the trades are magic. They are. I agree. And, <laughs> and most folks don't know that magic, right? Most folks don't get it. Um, and why, how, how could you? I think, I think as society changes and shifts, it's like, we, you know, people get further and further away from that. And with everybody getting this, like, input to go to college, you know, go, go get a degree, um, we, there are more clients, quote, unquote, and people buying homes than there are people that know how know the magic of fixing them and repairing buildings, repairing them. So um, I was just talking about my oldest daughter's in Canada right now. She's up in British Columbia on Victoria Island. And she was saying that um, the house she was going to rent, she's going to rent this room in a basement and they have like, they're doing some renovations and they're waiting on a plumber and they're waiting like five months because there's only a couple plumbers on this Island and, and that's it. And so I said to her, I'm like, call him with an offer. Like, hey, that's right. How much you got? That's right. <laughs> that's right. But she's, she's like, yeah, I mean, there's just such a shortage. And I was like, well, sounds like you should drop out of college and get into plumbing. And, uh, yeah, like 60 an hour. Yeah. Know? Yeah. She's like, no, no fucking way. That is, and when I hear stories like that, I'm like, what? Yeah. But like, as a contractor, when somebody calls me with a story like that, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's right. Well, I'll be there tomorrow. How's that sound? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you come tomorrow? Yep. Sure can. And then charge accordingly. That's right. Charge accordingly. You know? Yes. That's the name of the game. You said, like, earlier, what do you do? Well, when you get too many calls, first rule of business is you got to start charging a little more. Yeah. I saw so, that post you made. You made a really great post on Instagram that really, like, simplified that question of, like, how do you deal with too much incoming work? And And you said make your jobs closer, pick, pick jobs closer to where you work. Yeah. Raise your prices. That's, that's great information. Well, cause when it comes down to it, like I only need, let's say need, if everything went to, went to, to, to my perfect plan, I only need three customers this year. Okay. Cause it takes me three or four months to do a, a room addition, like right. turn key. So I only need to sell four jobs this year. I don't need 400 calls. Right. I need four perfect calls. Got it. How do we find them? Yeah, How do we find right. those four people this year? My my new best friend. How do we find my four new best friends? That's how I, anytime I sign a contract, that's what I do. I go, thank you, my new best friend. And then, <laughs> I go, the reason I say that is because you guys are allowing me to really live my dream here. I started yeah. a construction business because this is what I want to do. And yeah. when you come out here with a sweet job like this, we both know it's a hundred grand. Thank you. You're my new best friend for the next four months. Let's that's hang out. Get it done. I like, yeah, that. I like that attitude a lot. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. I make the other. I make the other joke. I'm always like, I'll say like we're best friends, right? I'm like by the end of this 
no matter how good I do, you're going to hate me a little bit because yeah. I've been in your house for six months. That's right. You know, I said, I'm going to do everything I can to make it as painless as possible. And I want to keep an open line of communication. And anytime something comes up, don't hold it in. Come talk to me and we'll, we'll get through it quick. Like, you know, and that's my philosophy. That's a good philosophy. Because <clears throat> human relationships are challenging. And, and especially, like you said, when you're in somebody's home, not only like even if it wasn't you. If the person was doing the work themselves and their house was torn apart for six months, they would be frustrated. Not, not only their wife would be frustrated with them, they would be frustrated with them. It's a frustrating scenario to live in a construction zone. (laughs) It's uncomfortable. Well, yeah. And you're like, you're in their home, but you're also like spending the most money they've ever spent in their life. That's right. Like they spent 20 years to get this addition done. And finally the interest rates were low enough. And, right. you know, and all that's these right. like 10 things that had to happen mm-hmm. to make this addition happen. Like, yeah. and that's something I spent a lot of time thinking about. Yeah. You know, I've never spent 75,000 for someone to come fix my house. Yeah. And I probably never will. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great show. That's something like, that's a whole nother psychological thing. You got to take into that. Dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're that's spending, right. they're spending all, not all their money, but in a sense, all their money, like, dude, I don't care who you are. All I work for is pretty much normal people, like regular folks in, sure. you know, 1700 square foot houses or whatever here in California. And yeah. it's like, I know they're not rich. Yeah. This is a big move for them. And they trusted you. Like they're trusting you, some dude who's just a two man company mm-hmm. to spend all their money that they've acquired in equity on this home or whatever. Right. It's, it's so serious. It, it is, is super serious. It's, it's tight butthole. It's puckered butthole for sure. Yeah. Oh, the workaholic. I love that. Shit. <laughs> tight butthole. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. So yeah. tell me about, um, tell me about music, man. I want to know like how long you've been playing the guitar. I started playing guitar, uh, when I was probably like 15, 16. Yeah. Uh, I was phasing out of baseball. All right. Not because I didn't love baseball, just because I was just, I didn't really fit in with the jocks anymore. Sure. My personality didn't fit in with the clean cut jocks anymore. I was like going a different direction. Puberty was pulling me in a different direction. Yeah, and, and my stepdad had a, an old Yamaha. I have, I should put it out in the closet. Yeah. He would only bring it out at Christmas and sing jingle bells and a couple Creedence songs. And then it'd go back in. Oh, for the you know, that was my stepdad. He's cool blue collar dude. He, he wasn't good at guitar, no, no, but he showed it every year. And one year I was like, don't put that away. Yeah, yeah. Don't put that away. And so I got into it and, and I was heavy into it, um, into bands. I was yeah. in a band called the Solid Fellas when I was like 22 to 25 yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in Sacramento, we did a lot. Like we were on the radio. We played every gig. We, awesome. we did everything you can do in town yeah. before we finally like parted ways as a band. And, mm-hmm. and I part of the reason that I wasn't into it after that is because I had a young son. And at that point, I was a single dad. Got it. Probably you might have been in the same situation. Yeah. And I was just, I got to get this construction thing off the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to figure this shit out. You know what I mean? I, so I was playing, but I wasn't trying. I was just like relaxing and strumming. Mm-hmm. But um, now the kids are bigger and the pandemic shit happened where they were like, stay home. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, okay. Right. You know, so I stayed sure. home for like a month. Yeah. And I just, I was crazy on Amazon, like, I'm going to get a digital recorder. I'm going to get a guitar. I'm going to get this. I started like learning how to record music and it fired me up again. Awesome. And that's when I got like the inspiration to write the new album, Time of Material. Yes, sir. 
And, uh, and so was, over this time, I wrote that thing and and I didn't want to put it out already. I wanted to keep working on it, but I've people been supporting me so much and I felt like I had to give the people something. Yeah. Like, so I was like, fuck it. I'm going to a studio. I'm recording an album in one day. It's just going to be a live thing. Yeah. And all my songs that I wrote over over this year and a half or whatever, yeah. I wrote them all. And I, and I recorded it. And now I'm just like, I'm, I'm chasing it, but not with the attitude of like, with the, not with an expectation. I'm chasing it to see where it leads with zero expectation um, other than to have fun, be creative, bond with friends, party, get my wife out of the house. Those are my expectations. Those are great expectations. That's realistic. I think that's a an experienced person's take on on creativity. Um, so so let me tell you when I when I look at when I'm scrolling through your Instagram page, just kind of checking out what you do, mm-hmm. just looking at pictures of you, you have this intensity in your eyes that I really <laughs> I really relate to because I I do too. I you know I'm like one of the more intense people I know, and uh, I don't want to be. I just am, you know what I mean? It's not a blessing and a curse, obviously. But um, I know for me, if I don't, if I don't put that energy into something that expresses that intensity to some extent, I just don't, I'm not myself. And I, and I, I, I deal with depression and all of those things. And it's like, I know that creative people, like no matter what you do, I think, I think owning a business is an incredibly creative endeavor. I mean, the trades alone are incredibly creative. You're working with your hand, you're putting it so creative, but yeah, but that doesn't necessarily communicate the stuff that's inside your soul that you really, that like music can get out or there, you know, art, art is communication. It's a whole different kind. And uh, so whether you're doing it for one thing or another, I think the point is to just keep doing it. Like you got to honor you got to honor the gift, right? If you got something, it doesn't have to be that you're this or you're that, or you're up here or you're down here, but that you have this impulse inside you. That's like, pay attention to me and, and to honor that. My, uh, my brother-in-law owns a sweet nightclub in town here called Harlow's nightclub, Sacramento. That's cool. And he plays guitar. We've got together and hung out and played guitar. And one thing he said to me, which is like the short version of what you just said, he said, Cause I'm like, I'm getting back into music and he came and saw a show. He loved it. And he's like, yeah, man, don't die with your songs inside you. That's right. That's great. I love that. Don't die with your songs inside you. Yeah, I love that, that. That hit me hard. Like I yeah. basically wanted to write a song about that phrase. Do it. You know, that's a great, that's a great idea for a song. Album you number two a song on the pod. Dude, please, please. I can't wait. I was listening. I had your album going this morning. My daughter was dancing around the living room. She had her coloring set out. We're listening to Time and Material. Yes. <clears throat> Loving it. It's a positive album, you know? It's positive. I love it. And it celebrates it celebrates working people, and I love that. Yeah. And we're always coming up with new songs, like, about that. So maybe I'll do one or two, because I kind of wanted to show you a, a brand new one no one's heard before. I can't wait. Please. But let me start with the one about the, the plumber and the electrician. I All wore right. my electrician hat today. My Where did you get that? Uh, it's just a flash hat. I think I got it like okay. cold. Okay. <laughs> okay. My wife saw that's not an electrician hat. It's flash. I was like, it's a Doug the modern electrician hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. Uh, I kind of feel like Flash would have been a really good electrician. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have made any money. <laughs> All right, let's do it. This one's yeah. called... She needs electricians, so my buddy Doug, he was on the mission Cause he had his own electric company As for what he did, well she must have liked it He was checking bolts, hanging lights Turns around, her clothes weren't nowhere to be seen <laughs> It's safe to say that he had himself a time Just sparky bringing water to a cottage on a Friday night He won't complain, no he won't kick up the butt just a typical day for some trade men just like us, yeah. Over took that Wednesday was a big old bummer, but for Shauna was awesome because she needed a plumber. Said her sink won't drain and her shower sprung a leak. What he did, what she must have liked, that he was snaking faces, spreading pots, turns around, and her clothes weren't nowhere to be seen. It's safe to say that he had self attacked. The plumber bringing water to a cottage on a Friday night. He won't complain, no, he won't pick up. Just a typical day for a trainman, just like us. Well, she left the oven on and the house caught a flame, so she called me up. She heard I framed and the insurance man only gave her a hundred grand. That's a brilliant, <clears throat> I love the concept. You uh, go over to fix a, a lady's something or other, and she <laughs> just can't contain herself. <laughs> you guys been going around with apprentices for years, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they've made X-rated movies on that entire premise. I guarantee it. I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a great premise. <laughs> that song, I don't want to say it's a, I, I've mistakenly been like, this song's a true story. No, it's not a true story. It's based on real people. Yeah, it's based on real people. Like my, I, I, I put in Doug and this, but usually it's my buddy Joe, who's yeah. an electrician. Uh-huh. He's a electrician, twenty years. He's like one of my best friends in the world. You know, he's. I was just thinking, like, oh, who do I know who's an electrician? Yo, oh, Joe. You know, that's right. My buddy Sean. He's an HVAC guy, but I call him the plumber because I usually call him to help me with plumbing stuff. All right. He already knows that kind of stuff really well. Yeah. 
And then, uh, and then I threw myself in as the framer. You know? There you go, man. <laughs> I love it. I love the idea. So that's another thing, like for the, with the podcast, for example, like mm-hmm. taking, taking your creative juices, taking the thing that you like to do, that's kind of outside of the work that you do, but still leaning into the the work that you do with that creative stuff. Like you're writing songs about being blue collar and about, about being just a regular dude who's in the trades. I think that's awesome. You know, cause well, to me is the most important thing about music. Authenticity. Yeah. yeah. I think art period is authenticity. So like one thing that, that always got me as a stand up comic was like, and you, and you hear it a lot. You hear standups do jokes about being standups, you know, <laughs> Because that's all they do. And so they don't have experiences outside of that to draw from. They might talk about their families or whatever, but they're just on airplanes and telling jokes. But to be able to write music about real life experiences in a different world is cool, man. I think that really speaks to this whole this whole community. I think we'll, um, if, if people don't know about you, and haven't heard your album, they really need to because it's, you know, you're writing songs for for this community. It's cool. I'd love to get it out there. That's for sure. Yeah, man. We'll keep working on it. I think I think it's getting out there. You know what you said? Um, like like you said, comedians, they got to draw off what they do. We all got to draw off what we do all day. And for a comedian, that can be a little tricky, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. And it might not necessarily be relatable. Just like right. my it song's not relatable to everybody. Right. Right. Um, but but like a comedian could highly benefit from working in the trades for a day or two. Yep. Like my buddy is a, a comedian here, Mike Winfield. He was on the office. He was one of the dudes who worked in the in the warehouse in the office. You don't right. notice that much in the show, mm-hmm. but he's a super cool dude. He our kids were on Little League together. Um cool. like he at his house changed out the kitchen faucet one day. All right. And his Instagram was blowing up that day with just little shit he was talking about in his stories. That's yeah. all. He's like, I'm hilarious when I install faucets. He's like, I'll give you a faucet for no less than a thousand dollars. I was like, I love it, bro. I was like, I'll install the faucet. You just stand there and tell me jokes while I'll do it. That's right, man. Yeah, that's right. And being able to to marry those two worlds together is a special thing. That's tricky. That's authenticity. That's it is. That's how you write a song that doesn't suck. Because I agree. Of- believe this guy what he's thinking about it sounds like he knows what he's talking about and i think so there's also something about relating to the difference between but relating to everybody and relating to not everybody and i think there's a fear like with this podcast it's like i you know part of me like wants to relate to more people right broader scene but the bigger part of me says no like this is for trades this is for trades people if if other people want to listen to it that's great we don't play pop music that's right. That's right. We don't Same offer that service. <laughs> podcast. This is the indie. This is underground. For people this is underground. Are... That's right. That's right. Yeah, man. I so love you, got, you love being what? Underground. It's the best way to be, man. I think that uh, <laughs> I've always had like this aversion to mainstream. I don't know. <laughs> I, to the point where I stand in my own way. I think I think as a stand up, even like other friends of mine who were standups would question me or have conversations with me about like, you just, you just too, you know, you didn't have to come up and alienate everybody tonight. You could have just, you know, (laughs) and it's like, well, I don't know. Like, or why don't you get a seven minute set together? Why don't you get a clean seven minute set together? And it's like, I don't know, man, I don't necessarily want to go do 
that that kind of I, it doesn't speak to me it's like i want it the whole point of doing in it you know yeah and the whole point of being creative and expressing yourself is to express yourself it's not it's not to do what other people think you should do so that you can you can follow some path to to equal success i if that's if i'm going to do that i'm just going to go to college and just success. yeah it's like i want to express myself in the way that even if it's detrimental potentially to the <laughs> It's, it's your truth. Like it's you my got truth. To speak your truth. Right. And I definitely think you, sh- anyone, not you, should find a balance so that your stuff is palatable. Yeah. If you, if you, if you are trying to do something with it, like if I want to do a gig at a high school, I'm not right. gonna fucking say fucking. You know, for example, I'm gonna be like, well, what what stage am I on? What stage do I hope to be on? Right. And that's how it is, and that's how it is. Like my buddy Mike, who's a comedian. One once a year he does a clean show. Okay. With a two root beer minimum clean show, you can bring anyone 13 and over. Right. Okay. But he admits that's that's tricky. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do. Especially when you're in the habit of just being yourself. Um curtailing that can be tricky. Uh but it's fun. I've I've done some too. And uh it's good to I've had my daughter come watch me perform um in, in clean settings and it's uh it's rewarding to to have I mean, that. I think it's so worth it though. Um, like not necessarily the clean, but just to get outside your box. Yeah. All right, Santa, see you. Just to get outside, uh get get outside your box and like for me, putting a contractor tip, mm-hmm. now I'm really good at it. A year ago I wasn't as good at it. They were longer, they didn't fit into a story, I didn't use the captions, I didn't filter, I didn't do whatever. I didn't even flip the stream so you can see my t-shirt says my company name, like all these things. So when you take the time to say film yourself, you're you're holding yourself more accountable. You're like, oh, why do you make videos yourself, bro? Like, so I can get better. Mm-hmm. Why I make videos. Sure. When you look at yourself doing a thing, you realize everything you can improve upon. Right. And as long as you don't, as long as that doesn't hurt your self-esteem, then you're in a good place. It I doesn't hurt. So. Oh, I fucked that up. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll try it different next time. That's right. So how do you find the? For for me, the challenge is always balance. Like. Um, because our jobs are so demanding, like it's just so much work. And uh, then on top of it, you've got this creative impulse to, you know, if you're anything like me, once you get hooked on writing a song or once you get like an idea in your head, see you later. Cause yeah, I gotta, yeah. I, I gotta go finish. I gotta go finish this thing. Um, yeah. And, and so the work life balance is critical. If you want to have a happy family. Um, yeah. How do you do that? How do I make it happen? Mm-hmm. I, I do it by ba- literally encouraging that to every member of my family. Mm-hmm. So they're busy too, which yeah. gives me the time to do what I need to do. Smart. So, you know, and it's like all of them, given any night of the week, weeknight, given any night of the week, they all have some different shit going on. Yeah. Abby's got dance class and karate. My wife's got choir and Bible study. My son plays baseball, does music, and works at Roundtable. So yeah. it's like, I can pretty much do whatever I want. <laughs> That's wonderful, man. That's that's a beautiful thing. Well, you guys do your thing. I'll be here mm-hmm. doing mine, and and yeah. my night Wednesdays. So Wednesdays I split. That's the night I split. And it luckily sometimes it works out. I think on Wednesdays they go to like the the church dinner thing or something. I'm not even really sure where they go, but I know they go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. So what's, what's next? What's next for your company? What are your what are your hopes for the company? Oh, well, I just want to keep getting off at two and paying my mortgage. (laughs) Brilliant. 
interesting. But as far as what would be really cool, like I got a call to go look at building a duplex. All right. Downtown, and that would be a cool build. Yeah. So I, I, I normally am not so lickety split on the bid, but I went and looked at that job and I got the plans and I came home and I was like, <laughs> like all day. <laughs> and i got that bid to them you know i got that bid in the same day for a wow. whole bill wow right it's probably i even told them this is not perfect this is a preliminary bid but we are really close you know and uh and so just to show them like i'm i'm interested in this job yeah, sure okay so i would so, like to do some of that because i think building say like a duplex or more of these um granny flats I think they're going to, I want to get into real estate down the road. Okay. Like I kind of have like a, a little goal that I want to give each of my kids a house when I die. At least. That's a great, that's a great um, goal. Each kid get, I'm dead. At least you motherfuckers each get a house. If you screw it up, that's on you. I did my part. <laughs> kind of like a little goal that I have a long-term goal. Sure. So I want to get into real estate. So working with these guys who are building this duplex, they're, they're two brothers. Yeah. They have regular jobs, and this is their side hustle. Interesting. I'm okay. really interested in meeting more people like that. Yeah. And like trades are magic, but to me, these like white collar ballers, they're magic too. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yep. How'd you get Every- out this money game? Like, That's right, man. Everybody's got little secrets. I'm always, I try to, I try to keep friends in my life who are, you know, walk all different kinds of walks because I, you never know when you're going to have to pick somebody's brain and be like, how did you, how do you do that? What do you, you know, what do you look at when you do, you know, I'm, I'm so curious all the time. And that is also such a great way, like to bond with someone who you want to do business with. Yeah. You know, we talked about this project, but since I could tell you had a couple minutes left after we already talked for like an hour, I started asking about his business and yeah. he was happy to tell me stuff. I'm like, yeah. And I was genuinely interested. So like, yeah. guys, out there, if you want to land a job, take actual interest in your clients, not just interest in their checkbook. Yeah. yeah. That's a great, that's great insight for sure. It's, and it'll take you so far. The lady I'm doing the remodel right now, her whole house is decor to match. Let's just say with a style that you or I don't know the name of, but basically they look like these little white and blue Asian candle holders, pouring plates. They're all white and blue Asian. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but basically to schmoozer, I brought her a couple oh, that yeah. I across. Yeah. Right. Most people, this wouldn't be a big thing, but this is her thing. Yeah, I brought her a couple, and she was thrilled. Yeah. And it was no skin off me to bring her a little present. Those little things will go so far with people you work with. Well, it's like you said earlier. You you know, to be a general contractor, you've really got to be like a sociologist, like a <laughs> professional. So you know, you really got to know people and and notice notice those little things that mean yeah. something to them. You got to keep them on your side. That's right. What do you see? What's your uh, what's your next move with music? I mean, you got the album out. Are you working on new songs? Working on a bunch of songs. The next move is to record a to do a real recording at mm-hmm. a recording studio with the band. Okay. It might be that song, Tradesman. It might be Making Hay. It's up in the air right now which song it's going to be. But mm-hmm. get the band in the studio and release release a single. Yeah, uh, and I, I think that will definitely happen over the course of this winter. Okay. Like the shows are going to slow down a little bit, you know, not as much outdoor stuff, which we were focusing more on outdoor stuff. Okay. And, and so stay inside, write some music, save a couple dollars. Yeah. And um, so that, and then the other thing I'm doing with music is lately I've been, it's actually turning into a side hustle for me where I've been getting paid to like play in the corner at a brewery or something like that. Yeah. All right. Make pretty decent money on a Saturday. Yeah. It's better 
you spend less. Because no, no matter what, you're taking your wife and your daughter out to get a burger on Saturday or yeah. something. Right. Right. It usually right. costs like a hundred bucks. You get a couple beers. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get paid more than a hundred bucks and y'all are probably going to eat for free. So yeah, I'm, I'm saving money and making money by playing music. And you're playing music, which you love to do. I've been playing music a long time myself. I, I did. So when I, when I first started doing stand up, I did it as a two man musical act. That was how we, I started. Shut um, up. I did. So, um, back in like 2000, that's when I started doing that. And it, and it also, I was a musical comic for the longest time before I got up and just started telling stories and jokes. Um, and so like my first couple albums that are, you could get on iTunes are me playing songs and, and interluding in between them, but they're all abs- absurd. Yeah like jack black or adam sandler like yeah i mean i was heavily influenced by adam sandler when i was a kid um growing up i mean that was the first time i heard adam sandler's um what the hell happened to me um yes. you know uh, i was just like Absolutely. yeah just so funny and and nobody was doing anything like that so in high school i started writing songs with a friend that were absurd funny songs and then we happened to be doing the same thing when tenacious d kind of surfaced so it was kind of this thing in the in the air that people were yeah, you know, musical comedy was kind of doing its thing. So, yeah, I mean, the first little bit uh, was me writing songs, and then uh, then I got into storytelling. Yeah, yeah, guitar. I got. A, I just picked up a little Martin travel uh, travel size acoustic that I love to death. Um, yeah. yeah, my dad's got an old uh, Dobro, just like yours, uh, hanging on the wall there. Um, nice. Yeah, <laughs> so I, we. It's a, I'm from a musical family too. We used to sit around. The fellows would come over and drink whiskey and and uh, just play music all night. Creative dudes. Such creative right. people. <laughs> creative people that don't get the credit for it. I mean, that's that's what I mean about tradespeople is like, usually tradespeople aren't the kind of guys who are going to walk around talking about their 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 skills, right? They're not the kind of guys that are going to be like, you should hear me play guitar, but they can, you know, and uh, I always like that. Oh, dude, yeah, dude. Like, or they, back in the day, they wouldn't even talk about their trade. Like, like you know, the way there's a pride for it now, and I love that. Yeah. Like, I love that. It's like, dude, because like, honestly, back in the day, I thought it would be something I wouldn't be even proud of, I was, you know, and then but now it's like, wait, other people think this is cool. OK, yeah. I'm not just the weirdo who thinks this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's totally cool. I think the real trick is going to be how do we get how do we get young people to feel the same way? Because I don't know like 70, 70% of them want to be YouTube stars with no damn skills. And it's like, how are you going to be a YouTube star? You got, what do you offer? You got nothing to offer. Um, but you know, that's why I've been trying to, cause I asked that same question. So I try to show my daughter like a cool construction reel. If it comes up on Instagram or something but like, check, check this girl out. Look, she's freaking doing the thing, you know, yeah, and, and that's right. think it's pretty cool. I do know? too. Yep. I do too. I try to every, every woman trade, every female tradie that I follow online, same thing. I show my daughter. I show my daughter. I'm a big fan of MMA and boxing and uh-huh. female fighters. I show my daughter female. I'm like, look at these girls. I mean, this is, I want you to know, you know, there's, there's mastery and all kinds of things. Your daddy That's right. That's right. But it's, I think that the hardest part about maybe getting kids involved or interested is number one, it's not glamorous. Right. And, uh, number two, it's, it's, re- it's hard work. It's like, there's no way around it. You're gonna you're gonna be dirty. You're gonna bleed. You're gonna sweat. Uh, it's gonna be fr- it's frustrating. Um, and oh, getting past those hurdles sometimes and recognizing the benefit of those is is hard a hard thing to teach somebody because you have to stay in it a while to see the the reap the rewards. 
Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Like before my brother became a contractor, it was kind of tough because he wasn't making that much. And here the workers comp and everything in California is crazy, especially for carpenters and stuff. Okay. Right. And so it was kind of tough, but after he got his contract license and started getting the nice paychecks, I can start to see that real pride in his eye coming through. Yeah, man. Yeah. You can make a, <laughs> that's right. You can make a good living for yourself for sure. And you can, and for me, the thing that really always interested me about the trades was that it's just like stand-up. It's just like music. It's it's a skill set that you develop over time that you can then once you have once you have skills, you just sell what you know. It's that easy. It, you don't have to get a degree in something and then go apply for jobs that you know what I'm saying? That's so convoluted. To me, it's like learn skills, follow your passion, learn the skills, and sell what you know. And you can start businesses and like people will pay you because they don't know how. Long as you're willing to dig your feet in, you'll make it happen. I think so. That there's is. a way out of every problem. And sometimes it's expensive. Sometimes it hurts. Yep. But there's a way out of every problem. And if you just dig your feet in, you'll get there. There's so many, there's been so many times through the years I wanted to quit and like shut my company. Sure. You know, you have a bad week, bad day, yeah. especially in the learning years. Like not really lately. Everything's been good because I'm kind of like cruising now. But like the first five years of business, I didn't know jack shit about business. Of course. You know? <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, unless you do, <laughs> and, and I think you could go get a business degree, but I don't, I, I feel the same way about that, that I feel about getting any four year degree where, cause I, I went to college. Okay. I went to college five times. I've said this before on the podcast, five different colleges. No, not even an associate's degree. I'd make it like, I'd make it like a semester and a half before I was just like, what the fuck are we doing? Like what? Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this information? Like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Philosophy is great. But what it, this is going to be just like when I'm done with high school and they're like, off you go. It's like, well, what the fuck was that? What did I gain? What did I gain from that? Um, so I don't know, man. The you know how they can make college better? Yeah. They can make the toys of the trade. Like for the cool thing about a tradesman is you also get new toys like every week. That's a good point. You know, like it's That's kind of like a, little, like, a, like a little, like a reward. You're like, I got paid. I'm going to get that new Sawzall. I bet you right. right. stoked off that thing until it starts to get tasty, you know? <laughs> so that's but a good like, point. You can see the laptop when you pass the test or something, you know? That's good. That's a good you point. Interface. You know, like yeah. they need to make it a little more fun. I, I honestly, I wouldn't have such a, an aversion to the college concept if it wasn't so damn expensive. It's insanely expensive. And it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to invest that kind of money, and you don't know for sure that the end result of that investment is going to pay off because you don't like, especially say you get a bachelor's degree and it's a general degree and everybody ha now you're in the same pool as everybody else because they have a bachelor. Everybody's got a bachelor's degree too. So what'd you just spend 50 grand and now you got to go get another degree if you want to differentiate yourself. Right. So it's like it's such a, such a racket. It's like they probably don't teach them what return on investment means till like the last week of <laughs> <laughs> Okay, for your final lesson, we're gonna go over ROI. Like, yeah. They're like, you keep you keep asking to take an economics course, and they're like, you can't take economics yet, not till you're a senior. <laughs> <laughs> that's the very last class you take. I mean, that's yeah. how in high school too. They yep. take like, yeah, economics like senior year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, man, Nick, I had a blast talking to you, man. I really appreciate your time. I really, really do. Me too, Me too brother.
I'll be looking forward to hearing. So do you do the video or just the, the audio? So in the past, in the past, I've just done the audio. So for the, for the online, uh, the, the Spotify, Google, you know, wherever you find your podcast, it'll be audio, but I've got a, um, a YouTube channel that I may post. I may start posting the videos as well. Um, and so, cause I think that could just it bode well for the whole thing and, and people like to see it. People consume in different ways. That's right. People consume in different ways. So it'd be good to give them the option. Um, and I think I'm going to try some different platforms now that I've got this back up. I'm using zoom here. Um, but this I found, what's that? This works pretty darn good. It's okay. I think the issue is, is in the recording. I think that Zoom records from my end, regardless of, like, there. I saw there's a new platform, and I can't think of the name of it. My friend turned me on to it that I may switch to, and it, it basically records locally. So it'll record on your end, and it'll record on mine, so that each recording gets synced together, so the audio is a little bit better, things like that. So, yeah, so I may, I may do something like that, but we'll see. Cool. Yeah. So, right. um, I'll, I'll, I'll post you up and, and, uh, talk about your album and, uh, your, your, what's your company called? Solid General? Solid General Construction, Orangeville, there California. There it is. The website to solidgeneralconstruction.com. Okay. Beautiful. And beautiful. right now we're actually, uh, I'm focusing a lot on the Facebook business page. Okay. Got it. A lot of new stuff coming off that. Okay. Awesome. Well, looking forward to seeing uh, everything you're doing. And when you get new music, yeah, make sure you share it because I'm looking forward to hearing it, man. Definitely. Should we sign off with one final song? Please. I would love that. I just, this is brand new written. So I'm going to let the lyrics are on my screen here. Yeah, go for it. And it might not be perfect, whatever, you know? That's all right. But this one, um, I'm, still, I'm still, I think I'm going to either call it Good Hearted Lies or Midnight Bottle. I'm coming up with, with I'm still, still Nordic, So I like both. I got a friend named Marty Whose favorite thing to do is party He boasts it with pride and a gleam in his eye He could finish fifth of Bacardi I pleaded, please reconsider He told me he'd give it a shot and he drank every drop when I asked him to stop. He shouted, I'm just getting started. Out with some drunken friends. Midnight bottles get open. Good sense don't apply, so you'll realize them good-hearted lies got spoken. He had a sister, Cecilia, partied so hard, could have killed her. She boasted with pride and a gleam in her eye. She could put back a pint of tequila. I pleaded, oh, please consider me driving you to AA. She said, okay, turn around, same day. Seen her throw down some Jose. Out with some drunken friends, midnight bottles get open. Good sense don't apply, so you'll realize them good-hearted lies were spoken. I tried to set an example, because those two can be such a handful. Swallowed my pride with a gleam in my eye, and I threw back a shot of Jack Daniels. 
thought to myself, just consider. Maybe that your friends were right. To hell with the warnings. We party till morning. They can't be beaten. Just join them. Yeah. Out with some drunken friends. Midnight bottles get open. Good sense don't apply. Soon you'll realize them good hearted lies were spoken. Out with some drunken friends. Midnight bottles get open. Good sense don't apply. Soon you'll realize them good hearted lies were spoken. Nick Bazio, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> wonderful. I love it, man. I love it. Thank you so much, Nick. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. I look forward to uh, keeping you seeing your stuff going on. Yeah, man. <laughs> Likewise. Let's stay in touch, all right? Okay, sounds good. Enjoy your weekend, brother. I'll let you know when this goes up. All right, great. All right, <laughs> See you. Have a good day. I don't know how to turn this thing off. I don't either. We'll figure it out. So that was my interview with Nick Bazio, Beard underscore picker on Instagram. Solid General Construction is his company. You can find their business page on Facebook. Go check him out. He's got his album, Time and Material, available just about everywhere. Apple Music, Spotify. Go purchase that album. I've had it on repeat in my house, and I really like listening to it. He's writing songs for people just like you and me, about people just like you and me. Um, a guy who is uh, honoring his gift and honoring his passion and staying true to that. And you can see it. It really comes across in, in kind of who he is, the kind of person he is. Uh, so Nick, thank you so much again for taking the time to talk with me and be on the podcast. And once again, don't forget, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com, look up Modern Electrician, or you can just go to the Modern Electrician Instagram page Click on the Patreon link, become a donor, help the podcast any way you can. Also, check out my live stand-up comedy that is on my Bandcamp page, and the link is in my bio on my Instagram page as well. Stay tuned. Got more interviews coming up. Uh, Going to be talking to some awesome people and also doing our Monday morning check-ins and the new segment, Coffee and Code, is going to be coming up soon. I hope you guys like it. Let me know your thoughts. Have a great day. Have a great week.